This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello there, Friday afternoon, and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with me, Joe Rimmett. I'm joined by three wise men to discuss Liverpool FC today. On my left, the big man, Paul Gorst. How are we, Paul? I'm all right, Joe, yeah. Good yeah. afternoon. Enjoying your Friday? Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. It's yeah. nearly done for the weekend. Very good. Across the way from me there, he's small, he's stocky, <laughs> he can play on either wing. He's the bold Shakiri. <laughs> as I've just called you before. Dan Kay, how are you? Well, how do you follow a build-up like that? Yeah. I'm all the better for seeing you, Joe. You I do remind me of Shakiri, your style of play. Well, let's move around. Can't open with a left foot. What yeah. can I say? And also small, stocky, or chunky, maybe. <laughs> the bath, Shakiri. Could you be that, James Pearce? I'll be whatever you want me to be today, Joe. What you are is our Liverpool FC reporter, both home and away. Of course, I can't wait for Ian Doyle to come back and take over the, the hosting duties. Neither can anyone else. I think you've carved out a niche <laughs> yeah, now. I think you're, yeah. you're the man. I prefer Doyle, to be honest. I like to sit on the other side. Anyway, let's get into things. Shakiri is. The talk of the town today. He's currently having his medical here on Merseyside. James, do you think that one could be announced very, very soon? Yeah, I think it. Obviously, it depends. Just on as long as there's no last second hitches um, with the medical. But you know, if everything goes to plan, then certainly an announcement in the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, no massive rush, of course, because you know he's he's currently on holiday. And it went, anyway, was broken off his holiday briefly. Um, to complete the formalities after Liverpool triggered that release clause in his contract. I think there's a few figures being banded around, but uh, understand 13 million is is the fee involved. Um, and then, yeah, the, the plan will be that he'll be part of the Liverpool squad uh, on the tour of America. I don't think we'll see him uh, certainly before then. Obviously, they played Berry this weekend and then Blackburn in the week before those games in the States. But, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a decent signing. I think even, you know, I think I think... You can you can debate as I'm sure we will do where he fits in at Liverpool and whether he's the absolute fit in terms of a clock player as such. But I think for someone with his ability and his wealth of experience and his age, you know, I, I couldn't believe he's still only 26. He seems to have been around forever. Um, I think it's a very shrewd acquisition at a, a kind of a bargain price. Yeah, Paul, 13 million. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Particularly in a position where Jurgen Klopp hasn't got many options. Um, Obviously, below uh, Salah and Mane, there's pretty much no one, was there? You look at Liverpool's wingers, and they're all other youngsters trying to trying to make the name and forge their reputation. Or it's Lazar Markovic, who Liverpool have been trying to get rid who? of. <laughs> Lazar Markovic? Never, never heard of him. No. Never heard of him. Well, he's, he hasn't been seen much over the last four years. Um, so yeah, it's it's it would be a no-brainer. I think, um, as James says, it's whether he, he's a an exact fit remains to be seen. But in terms of his quality. What he'll bring to the pool, and he, he just adds uh, some depth as well as quality, doesn't he? And I think for 13 million in, in this day and age, 26 year old Switzerland international, probably their star player, undoubtedly Stoke star player. I think it's a very sensible move. Dan, you were waxing lyrical about him before to me, weren't you? Was I? Yeah, yeah, you certainly were. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think if he was the marquee signing, if he was the main signing, I could, and you know, there have already been a few people that have expressed concerns about you know at this stage of the clock project if you like is he really the kind of player we should be looking at and some people have some people are into it some aren't I under the circumstances where we are at the minute bearing in mind you know, the other positions that we're still looking to fill I think it is kind of a, a no-brainer He's, he knows the Premier League he can play in the Premier League I think one of the biggest concerns that have been levelled against him is that it, 
because I've you know, been aware of him for four or five years and Liverpool have been linked with him on a few occasions during that time, certainly before he ended up at Stoke. It, people have raised issues about his professionalism, his fitness. Mm-hmm. and But you can understand how, certainly over the last year, as, as Stoke have kind of, Stoke's season and Premier League, what, about 10 years stay in the Premier League, I think it was, started to circle the drain. He would have probably found it difficult to motivate himself and that probably would have you know, had an, uh, an effect on his fitness. I've already expressed the opinion, that, you know, and I hope this, this will be the case, that he will very much realise that this is a real opportunity for him to be playing, you know, playing at a top club at the top level of the game you know, in, in England and in Europe and hopefully he will really kind of get himself into, into top shape and realise this is a massive opportunity for him and I think I, I think he adds like Gorsley said a fair bit of depth to the squad and just gives us more options in those attacking positions that we were clearly missing towards the, the latter end of, of last season James do you have any concerns about him obviously relegated with Stoke last season some Stoke fans are video guy Adam Greasley of course wasn't a big fan of his <coughs> and accused him of not really pulling his weight towards the end do you have any concerns about his attitude at all um, yeah in a, in a way I do. I must admit when, when Liverpool I heard they were first in for him kind of early June that they were considering a move for him you kind of thought you, know, you think back of the games that he played against Liverpool in, in the last couple of years I think the, the one, one at Stoke probably stands out last year where um, you know, he actually got jeered by Stoke fans that night. I think mm. it was it was there was kind of a, a semi lost cause that he could have chased after, and he thought, "No, nah, I'm all right. I'll uh, I'll just." I'll <laughs> you, let you relate to that, don't <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> Doesn't have to be shabby, last year. And and so yeah, I mean that on that on that way, you think you know he, he's not he's not one of those players that jumps out of you, and you think he's absolutely perfect for the way Liverpool play, because th- there have been times when you watch him and he flits in and out of games, mm. you know. You know that there has been questions before, as Dan said about his fitness and his his work rate and and commitment and stuff. But I, I also just think, you know, for the fee involved, it's, I just don't think it's a gamble. Yeah. I think I think it, I think it's just a shrewd move. Um, I'd, I'd be worried if we were buying him to you know to to come straight in. You know, say it was twelve months ago, yeah, and you were yeah. buying him instead of Salah or someone like that, yeah. or you know, to, and he's going to be the, one of the starting wingers this season. That would worry me, but I just think everything about the deal. You know, this is this is a player. You know, he won. I think what, what did he win? Like three, three Swiss titles. I think won the Bundesliga a couple of times. Was part of a Champions League winning squad against Klopp's Dortmund in in 2013. Okay, things didn't work out for him at Inter, um, but you know he is he is quality. You know, you you watch him in the World Cup and you know the way he took his goal and mm. I, I just think you know there's there's been there was many times last season where Liverpool could have done with an option like that off the bench, and um, yeah, I, I just think he, I think he ticks all the boxes. If you know, if we were talking about twenty five, thirty million, then yeah, I, I think you'd file that under. That's a bit of a strange deal and, and a massive gamble, but for thirteen million for a player who's twenty six, who's won what he's won, and who's got clearly got the ability that he's got, yeah, you know, and also the, the work rate thing. You know, Klopp. He, he will be no, under no illusions after spending a bit of time with Klopp. That's not optional. And you know, if he wants to grasp this opportunity, he, he's going to have to adjust and take on the demands um, that Klopp expects of him. Similar in a way to Salah, because if you think back to last pre-season, I remember watching Salah a few times in early on, and you know, he wasn't a massive fan of tracking back, to be honest, to, mm-hmm. to start off with. And and I think Klopp kind of touched upon it that the work he had to do with him a lot of it was mainly off the ball and I'm sure you know Shakiri will, will learn fast as well yeah James is spot on there isn't he Dan when, when he says that 
if there's any man to get the best out of Shakiri, it's, it's Klopp, isn't it? And he'll be desperate to work with, with Klopp himself. You would think so. I mean, you know, football's littered with examples like this where a player whose career seems to have kind of like tailed off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just the, you know, the right place, the right time, the right manager is able to sometimes unlock what's inside the player and really get the best out of him. And, and I think you know, there's a, that's, that's what obviously what we're all hoping is going to happen here, you know, I don't think I don't think Shakiri would have been top of many Liverpool fans' wish list for this summer. But I think we've got to be realistic and pragmatic in in that the, the squad needs fleshing out with quality, and there's absolutely no getting. You know, you, I mean, you, you look at the um, you know highlights reel of, of some of the some of the goals and the passes he scored. He really, mm. he did, he's got an explosive shot on him, and a real touch of skill and class when he when he's on blob. And and what Liverpool supporters will be hoping that the combination of this opportunity at this stage of his career with this manager, with these players around them as well, we, you often see it as well. You know, be, better players play better with better players around them. And obviously, you know, with with all due respect to Stoke, Shakiri is going to be surrounded with a lot more quality at Liverpool than he was at Stoke. So that what that gives me hope that you know I'd agree with James. There's there's, there's very little. Uh, very little to lose with this deal and potentially a lot that can go right and we may end up talking in 6-12 months time that natural part 13 million ends up being a, a bargain I think with Liverpool with this signing they're not going to need them to play outstanding football for 90 minutes every week the way Stoke were Stoke hinges attacking wise pretty much yeah. just just hinged on how he performed if he comes on for Liverpool and you know makes 15-20 appearances um, off the bench or whatever it may be and they might only need them for 15-20 minutes just for yeah. that, that one touch of class or that little through ball, that, that you know, 25-yarder. And so I think, as as we've all pretty much said for the price, it, it is a very sensible move. That's what it's all about, though. Obviously, goalkeeper is, is a position. We'll, we'll come on to that. And that that's the big concern for most supporters this, this summer. But it, it is all about the squad now for Liverpool, isn't it? They, they've pretty much got the first 11 yeah. nailed down, haven't they, Paul? Yeah, pretty much. Um it's a squad that just needs fine tuning. It's not one that you need like three or four top class players to, to kind of make them challenges again. I think they pretty much proved that last season with the, the march to the Champions League. And where they fell down was, you know, in those closing weeks with draws at West Brom and, and Stoke. And if they would have had that, that depth in reserve, then they, they might have won those games. And, you know, finishing fourth on the last day of the season wouldn't have been an issue. They would have wrapped that up uh, a lot earlier. And they might have challenged Manchester United a lot more closely for second. Obviously, Manchester City have had that season where they've ran away with it and it's, you know, once-in-a-lifetime campaign for a club. But Liverpool next season will be a lot better equipped to challenge and um, I, I do see Liverpool being the, the, the for, forefront of the challenge uh, for Manchester City. Whether they win it or not is a different question and, and I think City will, will probably retain it. I just think they're so far ahead of everyone else. But um, if Klopp builds that squad and, and adds the depth that, that is needed in certain areas then there's no reason why Liverpool can't compete Alright that's Liverpool's title challenge written off already <laughs> thanks Paul yeah, we'll just, may as well we'll just leave now <laughs> anyway, anyway let's, let's let's crack on Paul let's not, let's not dwell on that we'll, uh, we'll move on to goalkeeper Ian Doyle uh, in between his many days off and, and days in, in his St Helens house for want of a better word he wrote a story yesterday about Danny Ward he's um, going to get his chance isn't he James what is that a positive move from Liverpool uh, I don't think we've got an awful lot of other options at <laughs> no, the moment um, it was either him or, da- or John Acterberg I think um, <laughs> so I think do you know what it makes perfect sense you know, I did an analysis piece on the game at Tranmere the other night and you know, trying to 
trying to make sense of the predicament that Klopp finds himself in in terms of the goalkeeping situation at the moment. And and I wrote, you know, quite clearly, currently, Danny Ward has to be the safer pair of hands. You know, he, in that first half against Tranmere, you know, very composed. There's a couple of times where kind of quite unhelpful back passes were pinged at him, but, you know, completely completely equal to everything. Um, one brilliant save as well. Um and I just think he's never really had the chance, has he, at Liverpool? You know, you think even back, think back to last season when he played in the League Cup at Leicester, and he was Liverpool's best player that night. Mm. Um, was very unfortunate, you know, as it was because Liverpool didn't have a run in the competition. That was the start and the end of his season. Effectively, you go back before that, and he was a massive part of getting Huddersfield into the Premier League. Um, you know, you kind of like you have this picture in your head sometimes of, of him being like a bit of a rookie. You know, he's the same age as Carrius. He's a Wales international. He has played in big games and played in pressure situations like the playoff final at Wembley. So I think he, he deserves the opportunity. Mm. And it, it's probably an opportunity that he probably didn't think he was going to get, you know, having almost like a wasted year last year, really being the, the number three. Um, and, and now with, you know, Carius's predicament um, and Mignolet, obviously, his future uncertain. Plus, you know, he Liverpool aren't going to be seeing Mignolet till a week before the the first Premier League game, even if he you know if he is still a Liverpool player come that point. So Klopp has to give Ward a chance, and you know I'm, it was interesting. You know, people have spoken to saying that is how impressive Ward has been since he came back for pre-season, and I'm sure part of that is linked to well, hang on a minute. You know, maybe going back a couple of months, he thought it was a completely helpless <coughs> situation uh, that he was in, um, and and now suddenly opportunity knocks for him so I'm not surprised he's been chomping at the bit and and impressing in training because you know he'll be he'll be desperate to to prove himself because if it doesn't happen for him now at Liverpool then you, you'd imagine it, it never will yeah let's be fair Dan since since everything has happened we haven't really hammered Loris Carrius I think most most Liverpool fans have been quite kind to him considering the, the horror show he had in the final and, and recent events but they just couldn't go into the season with him as number one could they not in my or view. can they? Uh, well, no, I, I don't think so. And to be honest, I don't think there are an awful lot of Liverpool supporters that, that do think so. Uh, I mean, even before um, the the last week or so when he let it, you know, a shot in in the warm-up go through his legs at Chester, which went all over social media, and then yeah. obviously that um, very soft goal, the, the rebound that... that um, that, that went in at Tranmere. I think there was already he was already going to be massively under scrutiny, mm-hmm. and the danger is it becomes a whole sideshow that could cloud Liverpool's entire season. It, you know, and you never you never want to see anybody get crucified. You never want to see people make mistakes. But I'm sure I'm probably not the only one that saw that on on Tuesday night. Was it? Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that that saw that on Tuesday night and almost kind of breathed a sigh, sigh of relief to the you know along the lines of well, surely they've got to do something about it now. Um, you know, I, I've said before, I don't want us to throw him under the bus. I do feel the club, to a certain degree, has a, has a, a certain duty of care to kind of help rehabilitate him as a footballer. I mean, if, if I remember thinking to myself at the time, after Kiev, how do you ever pull a pair of goalkeeping gloves on again after something like yeah. that? There's, there's mistakes and there's mistakes, and you know, I've never seen anything even close to the, to the scale of that in a major game. And I do hope, you know, I do hope that I can, can find a way to kind of get his career back on track, but it can't be at at our club's expense mm. and the danger is you know <laughs> earlier you know over the last couple of weeks when the, the noises coming out of Anfield were that he would, Karras was likely to start the season at number one I had this fear that I can think of two, you know, two, a couple of Liverpool managers um, who basically pinned all their hopes on 
a player and in, and they ended up actually in some ways ending up being their kryptonite um, Hule with El Hadji Diouf and Rafa Benitez with Alberto Aquilani and you know, the, the the excessive faith that both those managers placed in, in those players could arguably seem to be kind of pivotal in their in their ultimate downfall so I was I was pleased to see the article from from Doyle the other day saying that you know Danny Ward is going to get a, is going to get an opportunity. I, I'd agree with what James said. I think the club does owe him, you know, a, a, a fair crack in the whip. I, I was having done as well as he did at Huddersfield last year, and I think I'm right in saying Huddersfield did ask to take him on loan for another year in the yeah. Premier League. And when that when Liverpool said no to that, we thought, well, obviously he must be kind of prepared to give him a crack. And if you think back to kind of like late autumn, early winter last season when. Klopp clearly had reached the point where he didn't really trust either Mignolet or Carrius and was alternating between the two. I remember thinking at the time, well, surely he's going to give Ward a go then. And when he didn't, I think the perception was, well, he obviously just doesn't rate him at all. Now, whether you know this is kind of like, whether he's getting his go now more through accident than design because of what's happened to Carrius and, and Mignolet obviously being away and probably for the off, that that's that's as may be. But I, I, I do wonder as well if this is part of the process and just the gradual change of the mindset we'll give Danny Ward a go but behind the scenes maybe discussions ideas talks are still happening and will he look to get look to actually bring a new senior goalkeeper in time will tell my worry is if um, Ward comes in in place of Carrius patience is just in such a short supply now because the bull aren't buying a goalkeeper Mm -hmm. that as soon as Ward makes a slight mistake it's Mm -hmm. all like the The, the stuff around Carrius is just going to get placed on him and it, it's just going to be an outcry of where's the new goalkeeper and that that would be my worry for, for Danny Ward coming into this season is that is that fair James or do you think do you think it could work the opposite way and because of how poor Carrius has been it could take the pressure off yeah I, I actually see it from that point of view really yeah. that it's almost like the ideal time to, to come in because you know Carrius is, is, is struggling to such a degree at the moment that that Danny Ward, you know, he, he, like he will be better. Like, uh, I know that's famous last words, <laughs> but he will be better. You know, he, he you know, he's he, he's he's in a completely different situation mentally to to Carrius, clearly. Um, so yeah, I think I think from that point of view, it's it's perfect for him. I think you know, expectations are kind of so low that you know, I think he will. I I, I wouldn't surprise me if Danny Ward comes in and has a brilliant preseason. Uh, now that that he's going to get that that shot at it, um, I still think it might not stop Liverpool from going to buy a keeper because, you know, when you think back to a year ago, as Dan said, Klopp wouldn't let Ward go out on loan to Huddersfield because he wanted three senior keepers. Well, you know, at the moment we don't know what's going to happen with Mignolet. Mignolet had pretty much said, "Well, look, I'm 30. Um, I don't want to hang around as a number two or a number three. So if he goes, then." You know, if Klopp wasn't prepared to go into last season with with uh, with Mignolet and and Carrius, then I just don't see how could he possibly go into this season with Carrius and Ward. Where if Carrius's mental situation doesn't change in the next few weeks and he's effectively taken out the firing line, then you know you that, that's that's far too far too thin on the on the ground. So um, yeah, I think I think a lot could change over the next few weeks, but I, I really hope. Ward steps up and delivers because I I really like him and he's he's a really really nice guy as well and you know you speak to people that have worked with him in other places and you know he's he's a very popular player around around the place and you know he's the kind of player that you want you want to do well and 
I'm 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 glad that he's got this shot because you know, like I said, you know, going back a few months, it did look like he would probably go elsewhere this summer and, and probably go elsewhere. Having never really had, you know, he, he not one of those players who had a go and, and 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 failed. I don't think he's ever failed for Liverpool. I think whenever he's, you know, he's only made a handful of first team appearances, but he's always looked the part to me. Before everyone gets on Twitter and gets the brackets out and says James Pearce says Liverpool will sign a new <laughs> goalkeeper this summer, it still looks unlikely to be an Allison or yeah, Al Black. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to have to be someone that we've not really even heard much about, isn't it? Well, I, yeah, I mean what. At the moment, it looks unlikely Liverpool will will sign another key. I'm just saying. I think yeah. I still think there's you know there's an, was another month to go, yeah. and you know Klopp may well be forced to reassess. I think you know the message has been that Allison was the number one, as we've said many times. Liverpool then felt that trying to do that deal would be highly problematic. Plus, I think you know when the feelers had gone out, the message coming back was he'd prefer to go to Real Madrid, um, and that Klopp wasn't prepared to to go yeah. and lower his sights and, and just get, you know, a Butland or a Pope uh, or or someone like that. But I don't know. I think I, you just think, you know, the way that Klopp spoke about Carrius in the build-up to the, the first game at Chester last week and promising him a fresh start. And I think all of that was designed to try and get some confidence in him. In, you know, Klopp said, you know, it's not an excuse for the Champions League final concussion. It's an explanation. Um, we've moved on. It's all forgotten. But, you know, I, I don't think anyone ever thought realistically it was going to be that easy. And I think, you know, despite the manager effectively giving him, you know, a, a free pass as such for for Kiev, I think you know what we've seen so far in the opening two friendlies, are the scars are still there and the damage is is still very raw. And um, you know, unfortunately, you know, it, it doesn't look as if that's going to heal for Carrius anytime soon. All right, well, we'll see a bit of Danny Ward tomorrow when Liverpool play Bury. Paul, another man we'll be seeing is Joel Matip, who we haven't yeah. seen for a little while. Um, it's a big summer for him, isn't it? He's got quite a lot to prove at Anfield after Van Dijk's arrival and Lovren's form in the second yeah, half last it's, season. it's kind of gone under the radar a little bit, hasn't it, Joel Matip? Um, when, um, <clears throat> when Van Dijk signed, I, I was kind of leaning towards him and yeah. Van Dijk being the, being the first-choice partnership. I think a lot of people were, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> Dale Lovren, you know, you can't really argue with, with the past six months that he's had as a Liverpool player. He's one of the greatest defenders in the world. Well, <laughs> yeah, in his own household especially. But he's certainly, you know, his, his form's at an all-time high, really. He was superb in the Champions League final. He's going to be playing the World Cup final on Sunday and, you know, might, might even win it, mightn't he? So I think Van Dijk and Lovren are settled as, as Klopp's first-choice partnership, but they're going to need players across the season. And it, it is a big season for Matip and it's a big pre-season. Um, he, he struggles with injuries a lot. and I think this is a, a chance to kind of put them behind him really and, and just, just offer a little reminder to Klopp that he's still there and he's still you know, a very good central defender. Another big game for quite a few players tomorrow, isn't it, Dan? You know, the likes of Wilson, Woodburn, Storage, Origi. All of them will have a lot to prove. Well, absolutely. I mean, with obviously you know a fair degree of the squad, you know these staggered arrivals because obviously a lot of them have been involved in the World Cup and they're mm. you know they will be arriving bit by bit, depending on um, how much how when they actually broke up and how much holiday they've had. It is a huge opportunity for some of these younger lads to kind of make a claim and you know to sow a seed into the, in the manager's mind that kind of like when the season starts. That they're worthy of a plate. That they're worthy, certainly, of of, in, of inclusion in the squad and inclusion in in, in his thoughts. I mean, you know, to, 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 by, the, by that same token, you know, we're still in the first couple of weeks of pre-season. A lot of these games are little more than glorified training exercises. But I think, particularly if you're one of the, in one of these lower slots in the pecking order, you have to be aware that you know there are, there are only a certain amount of opportunities that, that you're going to get. We are obviously in this 
part of the year where the transfer window is open and the manager is assessing any everyone in terms of who do they do we keep them do we play them do we put them out on loan do we sell them <clears throat> and you know there's there's opportunities there if people you know are, are able to grasp the metal. Virgil van Dijk will be another man returning tomorrow. He and uh, Ginny Wijnaldum both oops, just, just punched the, uh, the microphone. He and Ginny Wijnaldum returned this week. Um, we'll talk about them both separately with you, James. First of all, Van Dyke, it'd be his first full season at Anfield. It feels like he's been here longer, doesn't it? Because of how good he has been in the six months he's been here. But yeah, it'd be a big season for him, isn't it? Yeah, I think you know you, you just want more of the same from him, don't you? I think he was he was unbelievable, really. Yeah. I thought because I. I you know, you you rewind to January, and I, I f- almost felt quite sorry for him coming in, just because yeah. I thought there'd been such an immense build-up. How do you possibly live up to to all the hype? And you couldn't pay him a bigger compliment than to say that he he managed to do it. You know, he was he was everything that Liverpool fans thought they were going to get. Um, and you know, he, he was you know that that kind of d- defensive giant that Liverpool have lacked really since Jamie Carragher retired. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be you know important for him to get a full pre-season under his belt. I think you know he he touched upon it when he came into Liverpool that you know the first the first month or so it did take him a while because he'd missed so much football um, with the injury problems and then the kind of disagreements he'd had with Southampton. So it'll certainly benefit him mm-hmm. having a, a decent a decent pre-season. Um, I think we'll see him in action at Bury. Um, and Wijnaldum, I think some doubt about him. He didn't didn't take part in in Thursday's training session. Um, so it was he might ill? not might not see Wijnaldum just a minor, minor issue okay. apparently um, so yeah and I think you know Wijnaldum's an interesting one obviously there's been a little bit of speculation yeah. I think bizarrely mainly in Turkey I think this week about Turkish clubs being in, being in for him and I'm certainly not aware of a situation where Liverpool are even thinking about looking to move him on um, you know you, you, I don't know where that's where that's come from um, you know of course he's He's, he's coming back into a squad where that department is, is suddenly, you know, more well stocked and greater competition. But I think, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be I'd be amazed if if Wijnaldum was even considering the prospect of of moving on and certainly going to going to Turkey at this stage of his career. When, you know, I think we've seen so many big games when they come along. Klopp puts his faith in Wijnaldum and always speaks so highly of him. Um, so yeah, it's you know yeah he has got a battle on his hands, no question to to play as many games this season as he probably did last year, but um, yeah I, I don't I'd, I'd be very surprised if Liverpool were even you know if if there is any firm interest whether they'd even consider it. Okay, well we mo- we we touched upon him before, but we'll talk about him now. One of the world's greatest defenders, Paul, and, and you <laughs> reckon and you reckon I'm going to out your ear and. and repeat what you've just no, told yeah, us pre-podcast yeah, it, yeah. you reckon he could be in the running for the Ballon d'Or <laughs> Dejan uh, Lovren no it, it, when you put it like that it, it does have sound have I twisted you there just rolled out spun no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically I, I put, put forward this theory yesterday I think it was um, if Croatia win the World Cup now I'm not saying for one second that I believe Dejan Lovren to be the world's best player or, or anywhere near it um, nor has he been um, my favourite. I can see the player. tweet now. Dejan Lovren is the world's best <laughs> defender. Brackets Pogo. Yeah, nor have I been uh, a sub thumping Lovren supporter throughout some of his his, uh, his darker moments in the Liverpool shirt. But my theory was, if Croatia win the World Cup, um, when the Ballon d'Or is announced in December, he's going to be within within the top ten. I think they do like little video clips of of the top ten. Now, obviously, there's only three on the podium. And I think Luka Modric might actually take that if Croatia win it. But he's certainly going to be, for me, in in and around that top 10 on that night in, in Zurich or whatever it is. Because if he's a Champions League finalist and he wins the World Cup, 
I, I think I think you, you, they might have to look at it. Um, as, as ridiculous as it might sound now, and as ludicrous as it might sound to some uh, some Liverpool supporters who aren't as big as fan, and I'm not as big as fan, which I've, I've admitted quite a lot on these podcasts. But I, I, it's just something I can see, honestly. Let's be fair. If calendar year from January onwards, if if Croatia do win the World Cup and he's a part of it. Does he not deserve to be mentioned in that bracket? He's played very, very well, hasn't he, Dan? I think he has to be. I mean, you know, I will come out and say I'm, I'm a huge Dejan Lovren, Dejan Lovren fan. I mean, you know, he's had, as Liverpool supporters, he's had us with our head in our hands on a number of occasions. And not always because of stuff that's happened on the pitch. Sometimes it's off the pitch. You know, he does have this habit sometimes of putting his foot in his gob. And often that can, you know, with, with hubris and, and fate being what it is, sometimes, you know, that pride cometh before a fall and that. I've got a lot of time for him in, in a similar way to Dirk Kite in that you know, I don't think anyone could ever argue he's the most talented player that Liverpool have had in that position but he's got a massive heart you know, he, he, he plays on emotion and I think that's sometimes kind of where, where he can come a cropper at times but he's he's been written off and castigated by Liverpool supporters general football supporters the press time and time and time again but he always comes back for more and that to me says you know he's got a scouse Croatian heart to him and Scouse Croatian heart <laughs> well all right, he'd probably want it to be a Croatian Scouse heart but this particular week but I, you know I, I can think of few footballers really that deserve to be walking out few footballers deserve more to be walking out in, you know, on the global stage like that on Sunday afternoon and I would love you know, I, I saw Gorsty's tweet on I think during the game on Wednesday, where was it just before the end of normal time and similar to Aston Villa <laughs> yeah, in the FA yeah. Cup semi at Wembley, he tried to batter one in from 35 yards into the top corner. And again, he does sometimes get ideas above his station a little bit, but I'd love to see him get his head on one, maybe like he did uh, in the last few minutes against Brussels Dortmund a couple of years ago. And um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of Liverpool supporters wishing him well on Sunday. James, what did you make of his comments? Did you Did you sort of... I'm sure, sure you had a little bit of a laugh at them, but do you think fair enough? Yeah, I, I yeah. love them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought fair play to him. You know, yeah. he, he's taken so much flack. Um, and, you know, uh, it was interesting because in the build-up to the Champions League final, he did an interview with the written press where he was talking about th- this table that he had in his, in his in his flat that he grew up in, mm. um, in Croatia, and how he'd scribbled on the underneath of the table when he was, I think he was about 12, he said, you know, one day I will be one of the best defenders in the world, and, yeah. and, you know, and he, he's, you know, the kind of mental strength that Dan talks about, you know, he's had to, he's had a really rough time, you know, he's talked about, you know, life as a, as part of a refugee family, and, you know, he, he the stick he took as a kid, you know, having a different accent to the other kids, um, and then through his football journey, you know, being repeatedly doubted, and you know, one of his other quotes was, you know, coaches would say to him, well, you know, you you would never be anything because you haven't got a left foot." So he just practiced and practiced to the point where he said his left foot was better than his right foot now. And I I really like him, and I love I love the fact that he's bounced back from from so many predicaments where you know he's been written off. And when you when you go back to what was it October at Wembley and the humiliation of being substituted after half an hour. Yeah. To then think that he's the same season he's finishing it in the World Cup final, having been Liverpool's best player in the Champions League final, and the consistency he's shown over the last six months, he, he deserves to describe himself as one of the best defenders in the world. I think a lot of people maybe wouldn't would you'd say, well, hang on, that's for someone else to say rather yeah. than yeah, yeah. you describe <laughs> yourself as that. But I just think. A, also, also, how many boring post-match interviews do you get with players? <laughs> so for a player to actually come out and say something like that. I thought it's interesting, and also I just think 
I, I just like the fact he was quite spiky and 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 even in that game, that game almost like summed up Day and Lovren. Like for half an hour against England, all over the shop, giving away stupid fouls. He very sent off. Yeah, very yeah. lucky not to get a book in early on. Uh, really rash, and you thought this is almost Wembley revisited and and then was absolutely brilliant after that and you know especially there was that one I think Trippier volleyed across yeah. back across yeah. and and Kane looked favourite for that and and the way that Lovren you know whipped his leg around and, and dealt with that danger um he was immense and so yeah I I think fair play to him and I think the Ballon d'Or might be pushing it somewhat but um <laughs> he he deserves he deserves all the all the praise he deserves and I think also you've got to give Klopp some credit as well because you know the the fact that he you know he played a big part in in helping Lovren get himself back on track after some 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 pretty dark moments earlier on in the season. Okay, well he's delighted he's in the final, James. You promised to meet me on Lark Lane at England. <laughs> at England, made it through um, on Wednesday night, but they didn't. Where were you? Uh, we were in the Albert. Um, we're in the Albert with some strange people in the Albert. It's I don't great, believe it's a good, that. It's a good pub, a good pub, the Albert. Great, great pub, but there are some strange, strange right people. Them, be like the Star Wars bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like the Star Wars bar. But anyway, yeah, we, we were in the Albert, um, which did clear out um, on the final whistle. But James, how are you feeling now? And, and England can take a lot of heart. And the, the likes of Liverpool's players, Jordan Henderson, can, can be really proud, can't he? Yeah, definitely. I think you only have to see the the coverage, um, kind of nationally, on the back of it to see it was it, it did feel a lot different to the way that England got out of so many other major tournaments and in in recent memories. Um, yeah, pride intact. I think still, you know, Henderson touched upon it himself. It is a massive missed opportunity for all the, you know, there've been loads of positives to take from it, but you know, I don't really go along with this idea that. You know, the, in four years' time, England will be even better yeah, suited because yeah. I think this this almost was a unique World Cup in terms of the way it just opened up for England. And you know, they won't ever get an easier route to try and get to a World Cup final. You know, they're going to have to raise the bar considerably. You know, even even to get close to getting to the semis again in four years' time, I think because of the improvement elsewhere. Um, just a shame because f- for 45 minutes, it was so dominant in that game, and you almost felt, you know, like. The, the Kane mischance, you know, the the one that Lingard had, and they should have been more than one up. And mm-hmm. then second half, I think the only thing that disappointed me second half was I thought Southgate was slow to change it because you know, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen a game quite so it was so obvious that an equaliser was coming. Like England were, they just couldn't keep the ball in that second half. And yeah, Modric was unbelievable, and England don't have a player yeah. anywhere near as gifted as him, but. You know they did create problems for themselves, and and the two goals they gave away, were, you know, were, were poor goals defensively as well. But yeah, all in all, you know, it has it's been a decent a decent tournament for England, and I think you know the good thing is Henderson I think will have taken a lot from it. You know, once the initial kind of heartache has gone, you know, the fact that you know deservedly so he's he's got a lot more wider recognition now for the player who he is. Um, and for Trent Alexander-Arnold, what an amazing experience yeah. for him the, the past month will have been. So, um, you know, not ideal for Liverpool. The fact that now, obviously after the, after this weekend, they'll be on their holidays for for two or three weeks. But you know, I think they will reap the benefits next season because both of them have uh, will, will take a lot from that experience. Paul England couldn't care less, or deep down here, a little bit sad. Um, 
I'm veering into more more towards couldn't care less, but no. <laughs> <laughs> you could see that coming. Yeah, could you? no. I, I mean, I thought attack, attacking wise, they, if they if they weren't relying on set pieces, free kicks, corners, penalties, I thought they were a bit clueless. You know, when you consider the likes of you know Delhi Alley and uh, Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling, these are big players in the Premier League, and it didn't didn't really come to the fore that they uh, on uh, on Wednesday night. But I think I think the results. You know, you you can argue about um, England were lacking such and such and so on and so. But I think just results aside, it, it it's kind of restored a bit of pride, hasn't it? it you know, mm. nationally, you know, pe- people who who aren't necessarily too concerned with football kind of felt like you know they were interested and they cared. And and I suppose that's the, the biggest compliment you can pay to get a Southgate. Okay, they've gone out again, um, but it, it was just kind of a result where. People cared and people felt about it more than they might have done in previous tournaments. And there was no inquests, there was no criticisms, there was no blame, there was no fall guy. It was just kind of one of them results where everyone kind of felt, OK, they've had a go and fair play to them. OK, Dan, we'll finish with you. You get the final say. Oh, lucky me. Did you care? Um, I cared in terms of what the impact would be on the city, on the country. And, and you know, I, I, I think my over, I, I wasn't particularly... I've never been much of an England fan these days. I think I said before, I kind of struggled to... I admired what they did in a footballing sense, but I, I struggled to get behind the England team in a political way. But um, I, they, they had an impressive tournament. They absolutely had that. I agree that it was a huge missed opportunity yeah. for them. They definitely had the chances in that first half, and I think if they had gone in two or three up, they might well be looking forward to a final on um, Sunday against France. One thing, not many people seem to have really picked up on, and, and, and I do really like Gareth Southgate, and I think particularly when they beat Columbia on penalties... I really kind of felt quite pleased for him, kind of cathartic for him, obviously, having missed the penalty against Germany in the Euros 20, 22 years ago. But uh, Kieran Trippier scored that fantastic free kick in the first few minutes and obviously had a good tournament. But it was clear, I think, certainly from midway through the second half, he was absolutely blowing for tugs. Bearing in mind he was playing this three-at-the-back system with wing, with wing backs. Why didn't he put Trent on? I honestly think Trent could have had a, you know, a positive impact in that game, so I've not got an awful lot of sympathy for them in that regard. But like Gorsty said, it, it has been good up to a point to see the kind of like the positive vibe that it's put, you know, round the country, particularly when it seems like everything else seems to be on fire at the minute. Um, but it, you know, that's if you can take aside all the kind of the this like glory hunting, jumping on the bandwagon brigade. But ultimately. International football, World Cup, Euros, the only ever placeholders for me until the real stuff gets started. And, you know, we're now T less than a month until the Premier League season starts. And that's that's all I'm really concerned about. OK, thanks, Dan. Right, join us again Monday where we'll talk Berry, we'll talk transfers, but hopefully we won't be talking goalkeepers again. Ta-ra. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.